Support for the Woj Podcast comes from Wix.com. With Wix, you can create your very own professional website, choose a template you love and customize it by adding your own text, images, and videos. With hundreds of intuitive design features, you can tell your story exactly the way you want. Want even more for your website? You can easily start a blog, launch an online store, or create an event. Share everything in a click on social media and drive even more traffic to your site with SEO tools to get found on Google. Wix has all the tools you need to create the exact website that you want. You can even create a beautiful website while listening to this podcast. Over 140 million people choose Wix to create their own website, so create yours today. Get started now by going to Wix.com. That's W-I-X dot com slash Woj, W-O-J, to get 10% off. Hey, everyone. Welcome into the Woj Pod. What I've got for you today is the playoff edition of the Woj Low Show on ESPN. Of course, moments after we finished taping, as it always happens, the Lakers fired Luke Walton. We did a bonus segment. That will actually serve as the beginning of the podcast. We talk about the Lakers coaching search, Ty Lue, Monty Williams, what comes next in L.A. And we run through the Eastern and Western Conference playoffs, the impact all of that may have on July free agency, and a bunch more. So here's the Woj and Low Show. Welcome to a playoff special edition of the Woj Low Show with the Ultimate NBA Insider, Adrian Wojnarowski. I'm Zach Lowe, and naturally, our television show ended 12 minutes ago, and about 11 minutes and 45 <laughs> seconds ago, the Lakers and Luke Walton uh, mutually parted ways, or whatever terminology right. teams are using mm-hmm. these days. Whew. Okay, so what happens now? The first step, hire a coach, right? And I'm told already there are really two coaches... In this process, Ty Lue and Monty Williams. Everybody knows Ty Lue's connection to the Lakers, to LeBron James. You know, played for the Lakers. He checks, he checks boxes in LA, played for the Lakers. That matters to them. Uh, won a champion. You know, he's won as a player. He, and he does it count if you got stepped over by Allen Iverson? Does that, is that, well, does that, does that count, does that well, count against them? Yeah. I think it should count against his Laker to yeah, a little bit. Right. But, and probably more important than that, he is a, Approved choice of LeBron James. He coached him in Cleveland. They won a championship together. Um, he suffered severe anxiety the next season from the stress of coaching yep, LeBron. It's yep. a free agent. And so, uh, but Monty Williams is the interesting one. And he's, uh, listen, he would have been a head coach again in the NBA already if not for that tragic scenario with his wife's death. And he went in the front office in San Antonio after he had left Oklahoma City as an assistant. We know what he did in New Orleans. And when you look back at what he did in New Orleans, it looked even better in retrospect, what he did with the roster and how much and getting to the playoffs at the end. And now he's in Philly with Brett Brown. He's been on their staff. He's been on Team USA. So he's built relationships with a lot of the big players around the league. It would be shocking if he did not get a job this summer, I think, mm-hmm. whether it's the Lakers or somebody else. It feels like his time again. And mm-hmm. as you said, you know, um, we were talking before the show, that front office experience – don't overlook it as, a, yeah. as as something that teams value because because the front office guys will like to know. Hey, this coach understands where we're coming from. He understands the long view versus the short view. I, I think Monty's going to get a job somewhere. Yeah, it'll be – we'll see how it plays out in this process. LeBron will have voice in this. He will, and I think he's been around. He's been coached by him with Team USA. He's very familiar with him. I don't think he'd be in consideration with a Laker job if he didn't have that history with LeBron. But, but Ty Lue, Monty Williams are the two – uh, uh, 
maybe the only two real coaches in this process. And now Luke Walton goes out on the market, and he may be – I think he will be a candidate be a in Sacramento. Candidate. Cleveland, I don't think he fits the model of what Cleveland's chasing in their uh, head coaching search. But but they may – I think they're going to talk to a lot of people. I'm sure they'll probably talk to Luke. Yeah, he'll be a candidate in, in lots of different mm-hmm. places. Um, Luke, it was a tough year for Luke, but he'll be a candidate in lots of different places. And you and I were both remarking that the Lakers press release announcing the mutual parting of ways mm-hmm. was uh, featured a quote from Rob Polinka, and I think that's notable because in the wake of Magic stepping down, mm-hmm. I-, I think a lot of people were wondering, well, is, is Rob Polinka going to ascend? Or when we start hearing rumors about Bob Myers and Neil O'Shea and Masai Ujiri being approached at some point, um, you know, those guys aren't going to look to be parallel with Rob Polinka in the organization. They will want to supplant mm-hmm. him, and it's like, or is he going to gather power? And I don't know what this means, but it was interesting. Yeah, and I think you're right. And if you weren't sure what direction you're going with with the Lakers, you might not have quoted Polinka there. You might have had Jeannie Buss be the voice, right? In Easy. It. And so that tells you something. And listen, Jeannie Buss, there hasn't been any. I don't sense there's any back-channeling going on around the NBA. Would this GM be interested? Would this GM? I Not think she's yet. been focused on on Rob Palenka. And, and um, listen, Rob's done a lot of good things in that job. He's had some good drafts there. Uh, you know, their undoing was free agency last summer and the pieces they put around LeBron. But, like, go back to the drafts. I mean, we can you can nitpick it, um, Lonzo Ball. At that time, people thought that was the right pick. And I think we'd like to see him healthy. If he's healthy and yeah, stays on the court, that's been... Injuries have been a big problem. You for do but. read in here now, well, they sh- if they had taken Tatum, none of this would have happened. But nobody was saying that. Maybe a right. couple of years ago. Fox was the that. one at the time because he had outplayed ball in the NSA tournament. And they said, are you looking closely enough at De'Aaron Fox? I mean, if we redraft, if we redraft, who do you take, De'Aaron Fox or Jason Tatum? I think I would still take Tatum, but it's a very close conversation. Mm-hmm. Just because the the big wing scorer who can mm-hmm. shoot threes is is like the piece. Mm-hmm. Now I don't know if he's ever going to be the number one option right. on, on an offense, but he's shown that maybe he can get there. Fox is a stud, though. Fox is yeah. going to make All Star teams. He's a stud. Yeah, I mean, if you were if he was the Laker point guard, hypothetically, he they couldn't play fast enough with like you he, can't. he would play way too fast. He'd play way too fast to have LeBron on a team. Can't play that fast. Um, it's it's going to be. I mean, I get the the stuff keeps happening in L.A. and it, it leaves more stuff to do um, in its wake. But this was supposed to be a playoff special, so let's talk about some playoff teams. Mm-hmm. One series we didn't get to at all um, in in the TV special, unfortunately, I, that I think is really interesting is Denver and San Antonio because you have the team with you know the the best pedigree of the last twenty years, although mm-hmm. this version of it is not very good in San Antonio, not that good anyway, um, against a, a fifty four win team and a number two seed who is not being treated with the respect of a 54-win team in a number two seed. I can't wait to see how that series plays out. I can't wait to see how Denver comes out in games one and two at home. Are they going to be tight? Are they hearing all this noise? Mm-hmm. They didn't really finish the season super strong. Right. Some of that was on purpose. Or are they going to come out and, and say, hey, no, this is this is how good we are, right? Yeah. I mean, it's going to be interesting. Yeah. And I, you know, listen, I love the leadership they have on that team. And I loved Nikola Jokic. You heard him say that. Um, and he certainly was talking to that room. He's This team has been, you know, you just don't normally see, without a superstar addition, a team go from ninth in the West to number two in the West. And I know, listen, they just missed the playoffs last year in the last night. Also, they weren't healthy this year. It's not like they had pristine right. health. They had the opposite. And it spoke to the depth Tim Connolly has built there and drafted the way they've drafted. And uh, maybe Isaiah Thomas, maybe there's a game in the postseason somewhere 
where things aren't going right, they're sputtering, sputtering and Isaiah comes in and gives them like a great five or six or seven minutes and scores. Yeah, it would I mean, be a great story. It yeah. would be a great story. I don't and, see it, but it would be a great, yeah, yeah, be a great he, story. It's, it's, but I just think, and, and you said it, we talked about it a little bit earlier with Milwaukee. Um, I think especially because it's such a young team, people go, like, give us our crack at them in the playoffs. Let's see what they do um, when they get behind. Or and, and I just think people, Jokic is a superstar in this league. He's an all-NBA player. But I had him is, first team all in right, but he's he's un- it's unorthodox and it's not what you're used to seeing out of an Embiid, a Giannis, a Harden. He does it differently, and I think sometimes people still don't view him the way they should through the prism of this is an all this is an all NBA player. He's a first yeah, team. what what he does works, and it's very simple. Um, he's the best passer ever for his position, and he's a great post scorer. I mean, that's the part of his game that's overlooked. So if you just throw him the ball in the post, you have to double him, or he's going to score. And if you double him, he's going to hit passes. I just games one and two of that series. I think I'm almost more curious about than any other games one and two of any series because I think if Denver. Tightens up and loses game one. It's going to be very noisy for them between game, games one and two. But the opposite scenario is, I, if you force me to predict what will happen, I think they're going to come out and say, "Hey, we've all we've heard all the noise. We are legit. We are good. This is a matchup we think is good for us. Let's go win." Yeah, and the Spurs too. Like when you think of what a Spurs playoff team looks like to you, and the staples and the things you can always count on. This is just such a different incarnation of the Spurs. I. I don't know what to expect from this team in the well, postseason. Uh, look, DeMar has underperformed in a lot of playoffs before, and, and the Spurs, just look at the numbers. Now this is 82 games worth of numbers. They have not been good with their starters on the floor, with LaMarcus and DeMar, who I think are both wonderful players. Something hasn't worked, and they're winning with their bench. They're winning yep. with Mills and Bellinelli and mm-hmm. Bertans. And in the playoffs, the lineups that those bench guys are facing are going to be better than they right. were in the regular season. Right. We spent the whole show talking about how playoffs and the outcome of these playoff series, particularly in the East, are going to define what happens in free agency and then connect it to that Anthony Davis. The one guy we didn't get to talk about because this team did not make the playoffs um, is Kemba Walker. And I, I, I want to close with him because I just he's just been very – he's kind of bared his soul about what he cares about and what he wants. And, and you can see him grappling with, can I get what I want in Charlotte? Can I win – in Charlotte, because I really want to win. Made the playoffs once in my career, twice, twice in mm-hmm. my career. Um, I think twice. Um, yeah. Steve it, Clifford went to the playoffs twice yeah. in Charlotte. And, 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 and he's been a winner in high school and college, as, as mm-hmm. big a winner as you can get. Mm-hmm. I, and I'm 28, 29 years old. It's time now. But I love Charlotte. I've made it my home. I love the community. I've been hugely involved in it, and I really want to stay here. And you can see he's he's laid his soul bare for us. It's it's going to be really interesting to watch what happens with him. It really is. Like he 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 doesn't want to leave. He wanted. He just, you know, like the rules are set up. The ability to get paid significantly more where you are and get more years on your deal. Like this is what the league imagines. That they imagine guys like Kemba Walker, who just will you just run a representative good organization and give me a chance to win and I'm going to stay here. I'm not going to chase a big market. I'm not... I mean, he's in New York. This kid grew up in the city. Yeah. You'd, literally in the city. He's right, not like one of these right? fake city and, guys. And, and, he grew and, up and, in the city. And you'd think that Kemba Walker would be, man, I got to go back. I want to play for the Knicks. I want to go. I'll go to Brooklyn. and he, it, Charlotte's his home and you admire it. And um, it, it's... Um, but, but but he's probably not going to win there. Like we look at the way these this team is set up, and I think for him, I think that trade deadline, Zach, I got the sense in talking to people that trade deadline really deflated him. 
when we, they were pretty close on a Marcus Saul deal. They were at like the five yard line, and, maybe and, closer. And it fell apart. It didn't happen. He goes to Toronto, and he looks around and goes, "Come on, like wh- wh- what are we trying to do here?" Yeah, it's it's it, and he's he's a really good player. I mean, he's a borderline All NBA player this year. I mean, he's not. He's not like a level below Kyrie Irving. He's very close to Kyrie. That's how good he's been. Mm-hmm. And, and I think, and, and you love building the organization around him. Oh, like he's, every, a, he's the same a guy plus, every day. A plus guy. He's and, he's as much. You know, we talk about Steph Curry. He's every bit the character, the kind of leader. Like we we all, and he's not the player Steph Curry is. But like when you talk about like a culture and environment, like that guy gives you everything Steph gives them. We don't talk about that enough with him because they don't they haven't won as much. Listen, life can get pretty hectic. We all know that. And if you don't take some moments to slow down, you can really burn yourself out. That's where Headspace comes in. Headspace has hundreds of meditation sessions on everything from stress to sleep. There are SOS exercises for meltdown moments and mini meditations for busy days. It also has guided exercises to help you add a touch of mindfulness to daily activities like cooking, commuting, eating, and more. I use it, and I'm telling you, it makes a difference. But don't just take my word for it. It's backed by extensive scientific research. It's been found that three weeks of Headspace reduced aggression and reactivity to negative feedback by 57%. Four weeks of Headspace improved focus by 14%, and 10 days of Headspace increased happiness by 5%. Let's face it, Headspace is a perfect guide to health and happiness. So start your journey toward a healthier, happier life by subscribing to Headspace. Sign up now at headspace.com slash woge to get a free month trial. That's a whole month free when you sign up online at headspace.com slash woge. Start meditating and get your Headspace today. Welcome back to the Woj Low Playoff Special where it's time to talk about playoff teams. <laughs> teams are actually still playing basketball. The NBA is a basketball league. It is not just a, like a transactional soap opera. Um, the focus, I think, what, but the playoffs can intertwine both of those things and I think that's going to be most pronounced in the East. And let's start in Boston where I don't think it's an exaggeration to say that Kyrie Irving is the single most important domino in the entire offseason because he may well determine where the dominoes that are a little above him in the mm-hmm. NBA hierarchy end up going. So Boston has been uh, the most impossible team to figure out. One week they're rolling, the next week they all hate each other, and it's a nightmare. They seem to be in a good place going into the playoffs, right? And I think the hope is Gordon Hayward looks right. good. Our offense has been better. We're actually shooting free throws like Boston's been allergic to the free throw line. What is your sense, though, on how they are feeling about their future with Kyrie? How far do they have to get? How fragile is this current era of good feelings? Can it just like if they get punched in the face in game one, is it all back, you know, to where it was before? Yeah, and I think fr- fragile is the word, and it's felt fragile um, r- for really most of the season. This is like, you know, the high school player who gave his verbal commitment and he hasn't decommitted, but you know he's opened his recruitment up again. And that's what's going on there. The one thing, and I think this is true with Bob Myers in Golden State, and I think it's true with Danny Age in Boston, that they don't spend the year. Um, trying to kowtow to the player and talk, how do you feel about this? How is it? Like, let's win. Let's run this team, run this organization as well as we can and advance, and we'll deal with it at the end because the player knows who you are. He sees what it is every day. And if, he, if in the end, Kyrie Irving decides, I want to play in New York or I want to play somewhere else, they can't stop him. And I think 
when you have an organization like Boston where Danny Ainge has won champion, he's won a championship, he's done this before. Um, I, I, I just think they handle the stress of it better than I think some of the others out there. It's interesting because the flip side of that is you will you will find people who think I, maybe we should have talked more to Kyrie along the way and, and kept more engaged with him. But the thing that's always puzzled me about this is I, I just can't really pinpoint the source of why he's so unhappy other than, yeah, you know, these young players who got so many touches last year, now they get less. But he's the best player on the team. No one disputes it. He gets to do whatever he wants on offense. And by the way, I don't even think he's been – you know, hijacking the offense or taking too many shots. Every time Kyrie shoots, I'm like, it's a pretty good shot. He's the best player on the team. It's a historic franchise that's set up well for the future. You know, this this is one of those things, like, I, I don't really get why he's so unhappy unless he's just trying to sort of lay the groundwork for, well, this is why I ultimately um, decided to go to New York, where, by the way, if you go there with Kevin Durant, you're not the best player on the team anymore. Not close. Right, and, and that's a Kevin Durant's out there looking for a sidekick. I'm not sure he's even looking for a co-star. Um, and both of those players, if they potentially left, it's because they want to be the guy. And so it raises a lot of uh, – it, it's a tough one to figure out because these are all kind of mercurial guys. And um, and they're hard to figure. And I think they're guys who change their minds, who moods change. And I think the good organizations, the smart executives, try not to ride the roller coaster with the player through That's the fair. year. And, and I think for Boston now – as much as anything, and you've seen, especially early on, Kyrie's frustration with Gordon Hayward and where he was physically. The, By the, way, be- the guys be- who almost teamed together in Cleveland that have been friends for a long time. Well, Utah was always going to match that offer sheet. Gordon would have right, never. Right, but, who but were, who, that's true. Right, that's true. That's true. But, recruited, but, recruited. That's right. And listen, I think for um, the better Gordon Hayward looks, as so many of their problems have come from, they signed a max, a free agent to a max contract, and he hasn't been able to look. They didn't have him last year, and he hasn't yet looked like that. And I think a lot of these issues go away as Gordon Hayward can prove to Kyrie, I'm going to be the guy I was. This is why I'm not as worried as some people about the Marcus Smart injury. Even though I put him first team all defense, I think he he is a wonderful player. I just think if Gordon Hayward is 80% of Utah Gordon Hayward, which is like fine outcome for year one after your leg snaps in half, you have Gordon Hayward, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, Terry Rozier can play the two. That's four wing players that you can still throw at teams. And that's the kind of team that's built. That's how you have to build your team to win the playoffs. I think they should beat Indiana pretty easily. And I think they're a good matchup for Milwaukee, even if we never see Marcus Smart again this season or in that series. They think they're a good matchup. And if they, if that series is a seven-game loss, like a super competitive loss, they don't win, I think that's you can still go to Kyrie and say, we've made, we've made a case. Right. Marcus Smart, though, there's an intangible to him. There's a feel. You know it when you're in the arena watching him do it. There are several more talented players on that team. I still think they have a hard time with Milwaukee without him. They need him. Now, let's shift to the single biggest wild card, I think, in the whole playoffs, which is I don't know what the heck the Philadelphia 76ers are. I, I just don't know. Their starting lineup, here's the number for you. In 161 minutes together, which is like nothing, they've appeared in 10 games, 119 points per 100 possessions scored, 101 allowed. That would make you like by far the best team. So whatever evidence we have suggests um, that lineup works really well. The flip side of that is when a lot of those guys in combinations play without Joel Embiid, they lose. They lose minutes. They lose, they lose the scoreboard. We don't know if Joel Embiid is going to play game one against Brooklyn. We don't know if he's going to play game two. And I will say this. If they don't have Joel Embiid in that series, the Nets can win that series. If they have even gimpy Joel Embiid, the Nets can win that series. The, the, the Nets are the Nets are going to be that team that they're going to keep coming at you. 
And, you know, Philly plays their best. They, they take care of Brooklyn easy, easy. But Brooklyn will keep coming. They'll get down. They'll get back in the game. They fight. They're physical. They're tough. They become a very tough-minded team. But you're right. And I think the thing that I wonder about with Philly, before they have to deal with these free agency questions, are we ever going to see what this Sixer team looks like altogether? And if they're going to judge the kind of money they're going to have to invest to re-sign Tobias Harris and re-sign Jimmy Butler at the kind of money Butler wants, is it worth it for them to put all that money in? They've got to see what it looks like. And, you know, if Embiid's in and out during these playoffs, you, you won't know what it looks and, like. And you, you, they have three major wild Well, four if you put J.J. Redick, too. They have, mm. they have a lot of major wild cards. But the, the two everyone are talking about is Jimmy Butler and Tobias Harris. And I think there's a third. I think Brett Brown is under pressure in these playoffs. And maybe it's fair pressure and maybe it's not. But if they flame out in round one, that's interesting. And if they get rolled in round two, I think that's still interesting. I think if Brett Brown wants to sleep well at being back there next year, I think he needs to be in the conference final. The first round, he, I don't think he'd survive a first round loss. And by way, summit, he's got years of left he on just his signed deal. a big extension last and summer. And the owners would eat, Listen, I think. when they made these trades, when they brought in Harris, they brought in Butler, and, and I mean, they gave up a tremendous amount for Tobias Harris. They have to re-sign him. They gave up two first-round picks. Landry Shamit's going to be a really good player. Good player. And, and you know, you look back at the Butler trade, not as much, but uh, the organization essentially said, Brett, figure it out. You, you got, we gave you the players win with him now. And, and I think that's the mandate for him. And, and to be clear, Brett's a really good coach who will have lots of options if, if, um, the worst happens yeah. and if enough teams keep their openings open right. long enough that he would get a shot at it, right? Multiple teams. And, and there's no question. Listen, this is what happens at a league. You, you're going to have to advance in the playoffs. If you're not, you will be in peril as a head coach. But this is an organization that has sped this thing up fast. They think, they think they're, they have a championship team here. I'm not sure we, we see that yet. Well, we just haven't seen the team. Right. I mean, we've yeah. barely seen the team. And if they have all those five guys healthy, that lineup is very good, but it also mitigates the fact that their bench is shallow because you can have two or three of them on the floor at once. And then you got a shot, and you get play mismatch ball and bully ball. But there are other really good teams in the Eastern Conference in Milwaukee and Toronto, and they have big questions too. And that's what we're going to talk about when we come back on the Woj Low Special. Come back with us. Listen, guys are terrible at taking care of their health. Whether it's a knee injury, bad back, or something worse, guys are usually more comfortable with rubbing some dirt on it than seeing a doctor. And I'm guilty of it myself. Well, the same is true for erectile dysfunction. Studies show 70% of guys who experience ED don't get treated for it. Thankfully, Roman created an easy way to get checked out by a doctor and get treated for ED online. Roman is a one-stop shop where licensed U.S. physicians can diagnose ED and ship medication right to your door. With Roman, there are no waiting rooms, awkward face-to-face conversations, or uncomfortable trips to the pharmacy. You can handle everything discreetly online. All you have to do is visit GetRoman.com slash Woj. Fill out a brief medical boarding, chat with a doctor, and get FDA-approved ED meds delivered to your door in discreet, unmarked packaging. Guys, go online and get checked by the doctor. Erectile dysfunction is a problem that guys don't tackle, but with Roman, it's really easy, so take care of it. For a free online visit, go to GetRoman.com slash Woj. That's GetRoman.com slash Woj, W-O-J, for a free online visit. GetRoman.com slash Woj. Amid all the melodrama 
of free agents to be and the Lakers and firings and all this, the Milwaukee Bucks just roll right along. Best record in yep. the league. Everyone's happy. Everybody likes each other. And yet you hear, are they real? Do people not believe in the Bucks? Are they going to do it? What do, do? Why don't people believe in the Bucks? What because do they have to do? They've got to do it because people haven't seen them do it. This is what I. But here's what I love about this team, especially when they get in tough moments in the playoffs, where they get down in a series and they have to fight back. This is a team that knows exactly who their best player is. They know who it, it is built around, and there's like there's like different internal jockeying within Boston, Philadelphia, even Toronto. Guys looking whether looking for contracts or looking to show I'm better than that guy or pay me over that guy. In Milwaukee, none of that exists, and I and I. I like that for them when they get into tough spots and they stay together. I think there's a sense that, A, some of what they do schematically is a little bit gimmicky. And will it work against good teams? I think that's actually a fair question. Um, and some of it is exactly what you just said. The second best player on the team, whether it's Chris Middleton or Eric Bledsoe, is not as good as the second best player on a typical championship team. And I think that's the most interesting question they face long term. Giannis likes this team. He likes his teammates. He likes the players. And their number one priority has to be keep Giannis happy so when we can throw that super max at him, mm-hmm. he signs it. Now, in doing that, with all these guys in your free agency this summer, are you locking yourself into a team that isn't good, isn't good enough? I personally think the team is good enough to make the finals this year. I, I don't think I'm going to pick them to make the finals, but they're, it's 50-50. I think they're good enough to win a championship in the future. The team in the East that I would pick to make the finals, if you put the metaphorical gun to my head right now, despite OG Ananobi having an appendectomy, apparently, mm-hmm. is the Toronto Raptors. Um... And they are the team that has the other free agent, the only one among them who doesn't talk at all, and that's Kawhi Leonard. And so, you know, we talk about the playoffs are going to determine so much of what happens with these free agents and where they stay or where they go, but you don't get the sense that that's necessarily the case for Kawhi, right? Yeah, I think, especially when you look, and it's specific to Kawhi, but the broader free agent class, most of the big ones have won championships. They are not He's the finals MVP. Right. He is not chasing, they're not chasing the validation of having to go team up and win. You have a, a group of guys who are picking comfort, market, where I want to live. And I think Kawhi is at the top of that because, listen, he's not staying in Toronto for the weather or the geography. He would stay in Toronto because he likes the organization, thinks he can win. He likes that they can pay him more than anybody else. But for him, he can look at the Clippers. He can look at Southern California. He's from uh, San Diego. And... He's picking something beyond that. Kevin Durant, if it was only about winning, well, he would just stay where he is and keep going. I think because Kawhi has been there, done that, he's not chasing that validation, the kind of run they make is less important than, than maybe other free agents in other years. I think what he for sure cares about is, does this team know how to take care of my body? And if he, whether the wins or losses in the playoffs maybe don't matter as much for him, but if he goes out and plays in the playoffs like 2017 Kawhi, destroying teams on both ends of the floor, that means he's going to feel like, okay, whatever we did this year with load management, we made load management a thing in Toronto now. Mm-hmm. God help us. It was good for me. I'm playing well. And I think the Raptors can look themselves in the mirror and say, hey, well, we, have, right. we made the best case we could. We have Pascal Siakam. We have Ananobi. We have all our draft picks except the one we traded for, for you. Um, and we still short-term have Marcus Gasol and Kyle Lowry. You want to go to the Clippers and play with Shea Gillich-Alexander and Jerome Robinson and some future draft picks that they acquired in the Tobias Harris trade? I'm not sure it's guaranteed you win more there, even in the long term, than it would be with us. You mentioned Dan Anobi. There's some concern he may not be available again for the Raptors until possibly the conference finals. That, that's a loss for them. He plays, he plays a key role for them. 
Uh, it, no, absolutely, and he's versatile. He can guard every position really on the floor, and they're going to need him to win the championship. There's a whole other conference, though, that one of these East teams is going to have to face, and that's the West. Time to move West and talk about, I think, for me, the most interesting playoff series of all eight is a series in which both teams, I think, are under pressure to get out of the first round, and that's Oklahoma City-Portland. Um, I think this is a fascinating series. I, I wish Yusuf Nurkic were playing in it. I think I would have picked Portland for yeah. sure had he been in it. Paul George, um, Oklahoma City swept Portland. 38 points per game for Paul George. His shoulder is now a yeah. question. What, what's in, what, what interests you about this one? What are you looking at? And you're right. I, I would have loved to have seen this Portland team with Nurkic in the postseason. 53 wins in the three seed Unbelievable. with the injuries they've had. And I, like that team has maxed. I, maxed. Thought, I thought that sweep against New Orleans this year was going to break them apart one way or another. And a lot of teams I think would yeah. have fired someone, trade someone. They didn't. Yeah. And I think, you know, this Oklahoma City team that like they're going to have to really examine who they are and how they go forward if they don't get out of this first round. I think there's a lot at stake. And OKC and Russ, I think for his legacy, needs to win a series without without KD. And and if PG is not 100, percent he's really their only reliable high volume three point shooter. And he he destroyed um, Portland. And hovering over all this is the Warriors, and everyone assuming this is the end of the Warriors. And you know the Durant to New York rumors have been going on forever. I would sound a note of caution, as were you. I think. The Knicks are worried a little bit that he's going to need someone to go there with him, and what if what if that someone doesn't materialize? Yeah, I think Kevin Durant, listen, he is mercurial. He's going to change his mind. There is nobody in Golden State who just thinks he's out of here. A lot of people in the rest of the league do. That, and, and listen, Golden State's best still beats everybody else's best. Take them against the whole field. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Woj Pod. A big thank you to my guest today, Zach Lowe. Remember, you can listen to new and archive episodes of the Woj Pod on Apple Podcasts, Radio.com, or wherever else you get your programs. And of course, a big thank you to our sponsors, Headspace, Wix.com, and Roman.com. Be sure to support them the way they support us here at the Woj Pod. We'll catch you next time.